0: March The last real blizzard of the year Heavy, wet snow Turning to sleet As dusk comes on And the night closes in Has brought branches Tumbling down All over Tarker's mills With the heavy gunshot cracks Of rotted wood Mother Nature's pruning out her deadwood. Milt Strumfuller, the town librarian, tells his wife over coffee. He is a thin man with a narrow head and pale blue eyes, and he has kept his pretty, silent wife in a bondage of terror for twelve years now. There are a few who suspect the truth. Constable Neary's wife Joan is one. But the town can be a dark place, and no one knows for sure but them. The town keeps its secrets. Milt likes his phrase so well that he says it again. Yup, Mother Nature is pruning her deadwood. And then the lights go out, and Donna Lee Strumfuller utters a gasping little scream. She also <coughs> spills her coffee. You clean that up, her husband says coldly. You clean that up right now. Yes, honey. Okay. In the dark, she fumbles for a dish towel with which to clean up the spilled coffee and barks her shin on a footstool. She cries out, and in the dark, her husband laughs heartily. He finds his wife's pain more amusing than anything, except maybe the jokes they have in the Reader's Digest. Those jokes, humor in uniform, life in these United States, really tickle his funny bone. As well as Deadwood, Mother Nature has pruned a few power lines out by Tarker Brook with this wild March night. The sleet has coated the big lines, growing heavier and heavier until they have parted and fallen on the road like a nest of snakes, lazily turning and spitting blue fire. All of Tarker's mills goes dark. As if finally satisfied, the storm begins to slack off. And not long before midnight, the temperature has plummeted from 33 degrees to 16. Slush freezes solid in weird sculptures. Old Man Haig's hayfield, known locally as 40 Acre Field, takes on a cracked, glazed look. The houses remain dark, oil furnaces tick and cool, no linesmen, is yet able to get up the skating rink roads. The clouds pull apart. The full moon slips in and out between the remnants. The ice-coating Main Street glows like a dead bone. In the night, something begins to howl. Later, no one will be able to say where the sound came from. It was everywhere and nowhere as the full moon painted the darkened houses of the village. Everywhere and nowhere as the march wind began to rise and moan like a dead berserker winding his horn. It drifted on the wind, lonely and savage. Donna Lee hears it as her unpleasant husband sleeps the sleep of the just beside her. Constable Neary hears it as he stands at the bedroom window of his Laurel Street apartment in his long handles. Ollie Parker, the fat and ineffectual grammar school principal, hears it in his own bedroom. Others hear it as well. One of them is a boy in a wheelchair. No one sees it. And no one knows the name of the drifter the linesman found the next morning when he finally got out by Tarker Brook to repair the downed cables. The drifter was coated with ice, head cocked back in a silent scream. Ragged old coat and shirt beneath chewed open. The drifter sat in a frozen pool of his own blood, staring at the downed lines, His hands still held up in a warding-off gesture, with ice between the fingers. And all around him are paw prints. Wolf prints.